Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanNetwork.org. That's OurAmericanNetwork.org. They're some of our favorites. We love hearing stories about random acts of kindness that people perform to loved ones or total strangers. One of our regular contributors, Stephen Rosiniak, shares with us an inspiring story of kindness entitled Hope's Name is Danny. To read more about the background of this story, please visit StephenRosiniak.com. Here's Stephen. 
There was never any doubt that if he were ever confronted with the opportunity to save a life, he would. And so, when Detective Danny DeBoyce learned that he was a potential match for a patient in desperate need of a life-saving bone marrow transplant, he knew just what he needed to do. Unfortunately, before he could actually have the opportunity to help another with their pain and suffering, Danny would first have to deal with his own. The story actually begins a few years earlier, when Nicole, a young girl in Danny's hometown of Wayne, New Jersey, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Residents, friends, and family members organized a drive to find a suitable donor capable of providing the life-saving bone marrow that could lead to the eventual eradication of her disease. Over 1,000 people responded to the call in the hopes of becoming that donor, including Danny, and as well, several of his fellow officers from the police department. Although a matching donor for Nicole was never identified, she went on to endure subsequent treatments and today remains cancer-free. A few years later, and as a result of his decision to be tested as a possible donor for Nicole, Danny was identified as an unheard-of perfect match for someone else suffering from another life-threatening disease. Without hesitation, he agreed to become a donor. But before he could do so, Danny had to submit to various evaluations and procedures, all of which would clear the way for him to receive the repeated doses of the drug that would prepare his blood cells for their eventual collection. Unfortunately, this drug came with a somber warning. Its side effects could potentially make him sick, maybe more so than he had ever experienced before. But despite this information, he wasn't dissuaded. After a litany of tests and pokes and prods, Danny got down to the business of becoming a real-life superhero. As his body began receiving the five-day course of injections that would ultimately prepare his own blood cells for their eventual collection, Danny's health quickly deteriorated. He began experiencing the flu-like symptoms that he had been forewarned could occur. And by the fifth day, his symptoms had become severe. Despite the rapid collapse of his condition, he endured his part of what had now become a well-orchestrated team effort. There was a second man who was equally invested in this story, and he too was suffering, but for an entirely different reason. Unlike Danny, he was dying. As the efforts to prevent his demise intensified, his chances for survival now rested in the hands, and especially in the blood, of a complete stranger. While Danny was doing his part, the soon-to-be recipient was receiving high doses of chemotherapy, thus rendering his body defenseless against any and all infection. A necessary step before he could receive Danny's life-saving cells. We don't know the identity of this patient whose body was now fully engaged in an all-or-nothing battle against so many demon cells. But we do know something of the man who came forth from the crowd intent on saving his life. You see, it had always been Danny's choice. He could have simply said, enough is enough, and just walked away. At any time, from the hospital, and from the drug that was now at the heart of his physical distress. 
his suffering. But he wouldn't. He couldn't. Because if he had, the needy recipient might have survived a little while longer. But by this time, it had truly become a matter of do or die. And Danny wasn't about to let anyone die. In the everyday world of law enforcement, police officers routinely rush towards circumstances from which others are running away. Danny exemplifies this spirit. And yet, many still feel the need to ask him why he went through all that he had for someone he didn't even know, for someone he hadn't even met. Sometimes, he'll say the recipient might have been somebody's husband or son, father or best friend, someone much like Danny himself. And other times, he simply reflects on his own good fortune, a loving wife and great kids, good friends and a job that he likes, all the while referring to himself as the lucky one. But of all the answers that he's ever offered as to why he suffered for the sake of another, perhaps one stands out above the rest and simply speaks volumes of the man himself. He did it because he could. In a world where too often those of whom we had once admired have since fallen, it's comforting to know that real heroes, superheroes, still do exist amongst us. To the sick, where there's life, there's hope. And today, Hope's name is Danny. For information on becoming a donor, please visit bethematch.org. And you've been listening to Stephen Rasiniak. And thanks to Faith for producing the story. As always, and my goodness, Detective Danny Du Bois, what a story of sacrifice and of love to a total stranger. This country is filled with good and beautiful people, and we love sharing their stories. This is Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue here on Our American Stories, and our next story is about an American legend named Richard King. King's legacy can be seen on every tailgate and door of Ford's upscale F-Series trucks. The logo reads King Ranch. Here to tell the story of Richard King is Roger McGrath, author of Gunfighters, Highwaymen, and Vigilantes. A former U.S. Marine and former history professor at UCLA, Dr. McGrath has appeared on numerous History Channel documentaries, and is a regular contributor to Our American Stories. Here's Roger McGrath. The cattle kings of the Old West carved empires out of the wilderness. 
They were larger than life characters, bold, daring, intelligent, courageous, tough. They had great strength of character and iron wills. No cattle king exhibited these characteristics more than Richard King. Born in New York City to Irish immigrant parents in 1824, Richard King is only three years old when his parents die and he is left in the care of an aunt. At nine years old, he is apprenticed to a jeweler. The jeweler works him hard six days a week. On his day off, the young boy walks down to the docks of Manhattan and watches the ships come and go. He dreams of climbing aboard a ship and sailing off. At 12 years old, he does just that. Here's William Yancey, historian at Texas A&M University, Kingsville. He ran away to the docks in New York City, and he snuck on board an ocean-going ship called the Desdemona, and he hid out in the hold of that ship for about two weeks, just scrounging whatever food he could get his hands on. Now, after two weeks, some sailors found him in the hold of that ship, and at this point, the ship was already well out to sea. So they grabbed him, brought him up to the captain. The captain asked him the question, what is your name, boy? And he immediately answered, my name is Richard King, and you can either throw me overboard or put me to work, but I'm not going back. The captain seemed to be impressed by this young man's attitude, so he put him to work. For the next several years, King works in a variety of capacities on several different ships. He demonstrates such intelligence, talent, and leadership that two different ship captains school him in navigation and command of a ship. By the time he is 16, he has a pilot's license and knows the Gulf Coast and the rivers of the Cotton Kingdom like the back of his hand. In 1842, King enlists for service in the Seminole War in Florida. It is during his Seminole War service that he meets Mifflin Kennedy, another ship's officer. King and Kennedy will become lifelong friends. Kennedy had been born in Pennsylvania and, like King, had first gone to sea as a cabin boy and worked his way up to become a ship's pilot. By 1843, Richard King has grown and matured. The 19-year-old is square-jawed, well-muscled, and tall for the times at 5 feet 11 inches. When provoked, he can turn the air purple with profanity. That makes his friendship with the soft-spoken Quaker, Mifflin Kennedy, something of a surprise. In 1847, Richard King enlists for a second war, taking command of the ship Colonel Cross and rises to rank of captain in the U.S. Navy during the Mexican War. King serves for the war's duration, transporting troops and supplies. He becomes intimately familiar with the Texas and Mexican coasts and with the Rio Grande River. It is during his service in the Mexican War that King recognizes steamship service would revolutionize the commerce of South Texas, especially the Rio Grande Valley. When the war ends, he buys this ship he commands as war surplus and is often steaming. King soon forms a partnership with his old friend, Mifflin Kennedy. By the mid-1850s, their company is operating more than two dozen ships and, thanks in part to their low rates, they are monopolizing shipping on the Rio Grande River. They will continue in this preeminent position for more than two decades. 
Here again is William Yancey. In 1850, Captain King had been on a steamboat run to Rio Grande City and back. He had had a rough couple of days. He had had problems with his sailors. He had had problems with the engines on his steamboats. The final straw was when he got back to Brownsville. He went to moor his steamboat in the slip where he normally kept it, and somebody already had a boat there. Today, there was a steamboat in this slip. Now, everybody in Brownsville knew not to park their steamboats there, because that was Richard King's slip, but today there's a steamboat there. Well, this sent him over the edge. He starts cursing a blue streak. Had to go down the river a little ways, found an empty slip to moor his boat, and he starts walking back towards this houseboat, and he's about to give the occupant of this houseboat a piece of his mind. Well, he never got a chance to do that. There was a young lady on the houseboat who had heard him, and she decided to confront him first. And the two walk towards each other, and this young lady says, essentially, who do you think you are using language like that? This is my father's houseboat. He has just as much right to be here as you do. Why don't you spend less time making a fool of yourself and more time washing your filthy boat? And at that, Richard King didn't really have a response. He's not someone who was left speechless very often, but this time he was left speechless. He turned around, and he walked back to his boat. And then he and his sailors spent the rest of the afternoon washing that boat. Over the next several days, he couldn't get this young lady out of his mind. So he's going to go to his best friend and business partner, Mifflin Kennedy. So he goes to Kennedy and asks him, who's the young lady whose father's houseboat's parked in my slip? And Kennedy says, well, that's Miss Henrietta Chamberlain. Her father's the new Presbyterian minister in town. Kennedy said, there's only one way you're going to get to meet her, and that's if you start going to church with her. Well, over the next several weeks and months, he becomes a very faithful Presbyterian. He um, is there every time the doors of the church are open. And to make a long story short, he'll begin a four-year courtship of Miss Henrietta. But eventually, the two of them will be married in 1854 there in Brownsville. Uh, her father performed the ceremony. The ceremony was at their church. King takes risks when those with fainter hearts shy away. He steams sections of the Rio Grande where others think it impossible to go. He designs ships specifically for the fast currents and narrow bends of the river, enabling him to reach destinations previously considered impossibly remote. While dominating trade on the Rio Grande, King recognizes that much of the land of South Western Texas would not support farming, but would be good for cattle. As a result, he begins to buy property, including the 53,000-acre Santa Gertrudis Grant. He pays $1,800 for the grant, thought by many to be near worthless because recurrent droughts leave much of the area a wasteland. In 1854, Captain Richard King is going to find some help for his cattle operation from an unlikely source. During the 1850s, he made several trips to Mexico to buy cattle to stock his ranch with. Now, one particular occasion, he went to a village called Cruillas, which was in the state of Tamaulipas, maybe 100 miles southwest of Matamoros. This village at the time was well known for its cattle herds and for its vaqueros or cowboys, but they were in the middle of a three-year drought. All the grass was dead, there wasn't any water, the cattle were dying. So Richard King goes there and he makes a pitch to the villagers because they own the herd in common. And he basically said to them, why don't you sell me your entire herd? 
and the villagers said, here's what we're willing to do. We're willing to sell you the entire herd if you'll take as many of us as want to go back to your ranch and we'll work that herd for you. Well, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? He needs help. They need cattle to work. So about 100 villagers are going to come back to the ranch in Texas with Captain King at that point. They become the first vaqueros or cowboys on the ranch. And over time, they take a lot of pride in working for Captain King. They start to call themselves Quineños, which roughly translated means King's men or King's people. Whenever he can, King buys more land. His philosophy is simple, buy land and never sell. And when we come back, we continue the story of Richard King here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. 
I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we return to Our American Stories and the remarkable story of Cattle King, Richard King. Let's continue where we last left off. During the Civil War, Texas secedes from the Union, joins the Confederacy. Within months, the U.S. Navy effectively blockades the Gulf Coast, cutting off the South's greatest source of income, cotton exports. In these dire circumstances, King becomes one of the Confederacy's heroes, a blockade runner. He is so successful that he becomes a legend. It doesn't hurt that he is handsome and well-built. He becomes a real-life Rhett Butler. Union forces raid the King Ranch late in 1863 and loot and burn everything they can. However, their principal target, Richard King, escapes. And when the Confederates retake South Texas in 1864, King is back in business. With the Confederate surrender in April 1865, though, King slips into Mexico. King's story might have ended right there. But late in 1865, he secures a pardon from President Andrew Johnson and resumes all of his former activities. Here again is William Yancey, historian at Texas A&M University, Kingsville. Now, it's not until 1867 before he really starts to reestablish his full-time cattle operation. And that just goes to show what good sense of timing the man had. Because around 1867, there started to develop a huge market for beef in the Northeast. As the Northeast becomes more industrialized, people are moving into cities, so they're not raising and growing their own food. You also have a large influx of immigrants from Europe. There is a need for beef. And Richard King becomes one of the first South Texas ranchers to realize that you can make quite a bit of money supplying that need. Now, at the time, there aren't very many railroads in Texas. so. In order to get the beef to where it is needed, you have to walk them to where the railroads were. And that meant cattle drives. Richard King will become one of the first South Texas ranchers to drive cattle, specifically the Texas Longhorn, from his ranch in South Texas to railheads first in Missouri and then later in Kansas. At the time, you could purchase Longhorns for between two to four dollars a head in South Texas, sell them for around twenty dollars a head in Fort Worth, maybe even as high as 40 by the time you got to Kansas. And Captain King was able to make a considerable amount of money doing this. Eventually, Longhorns, however, are going to fall out of favor in northeastern markets. The problem with Longhorns is their beef is very tough and stringy. And uh, eventually, as railroads start to penetrate more of the country, it's easier for ranchers in other areas to raise better tasting breeds of beef load them onto railroad cars, and ship them to slaughterhouses in Chicago for movement on to the east. In 1869, he leads his first herd north on the long drive. For King, coming from his ranch in the extreme southwestern region of Texas, the drive to the Kansas railheads is more than 1,200 miles. 
despite the length of the drive and losses to stampedes, swollen streams, and Indians. King makes enormous profits. From 1869 through 1884, King sends well more than 100,000 head of cattle to the railheads in Kansas or to ranges of the Northern High Plains. He continues to plow his profit back into cattle and land until he has hundreds of thousands of acres and tens of thousands of cattle. If Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind is a Richard King-like character during the Civil War, then Tom Dunson is a Richard King-like character in Red River. King's great cattle operation is not without problems, which include regular cross-border raids by Mexican banditos such as Juan Cortina and Juan Flores. In three years, King loses 33,000 head of cattle. He asks the state for help, but the governor refuses. In 1867, King begins to fence his huge ranch. At first, his crews put up wooden fences. After Bob Wire appears in 1874, the work goes faster. In 1883 alone, the ranch uses 190,000 pounds of Bob Wire. During the mid-1870s, King wages a personal war with Flores and his banditos. Entirely at his own expense, King supplies Captain Lee McNally and his company of Texas Rangers with horses, food, and the latest Winchester rifles for pursuit of the banditos. McNally is spectacularly successful, but not without controversy. He not only pursues the Mexican bandits through Texas, but right into Mexico. In Mexico, he destroys several bandito sanctuaries and defeats a Mexican army. While the U.S. government is apoplectic over McNally's border crossing, Richard King couldn't be happier. By the time of his death in 1885, King has increased the size of his ranch to 614,000 acres. And those are acres he actually owns rather than leases from the government. Following his instructions to buy land and never sell, his son-in-law, Robert Clayburg, adds more acreage to the ranch until by the 1890s the King Ranch is larger than the state of Rhode Island. Like the eastern industrial barons, King tries to control all businesses related to his ranching operation. He invests in railroads, feedlots, packing houses, ice plants, harbors, and ships. King, in many ways, is a king. To improve his longhorns, King brings in Durham bulls from Kentucky. His goal is to produce a steer with a longhorn stuffness and a Durham's bulk. Here again is Professor Yancey. In 1940, the U.S. Department of Agriculture would recognize the Santa Gertrudis breed as the first breed of beef cattle produced in the Western Hemisphere, and really the first anywhere in the world in over a hundred years. In pursuing his dream, Richard King invents modern ranching. Farmers before him tended to raise cattle as a sideline. In the cities, fresh meat was a luxury few could afford. The King Ranch turns ranching into a big business. It also helps turn Americans into a nation of beef eaters. 
Richard King is a colorful character whose violent temper and wild, rough-hewn nature never diminish with age. King gets in several fights in his lifetime and seems to enjoy them. On one occasion, a big, angry cowboy exclaims to King that if he were not Captain King, the great cattle baron, he would not be able to get away with the profane remarks that he just made. King is no longer a young man, but the old cattleman explodes. Damn you! Forget the riches and the captain title, and let's fight. And fight they do. It is one of the best fights anybody can recall. The cowboy and the captain pummel each other with vicious blows for half an hour. Then, bloody and arm-weary, they shake hands. Thereafter, the cowboy says he will stand back-to-back -back with King anywhere and any time. We tend to think of Hollywood's portrayals of the cattle kings of the Old West as exaggerated. Actually, a close look at Richard King demonstrates that such a classic Western as Red River and John Wayne's character of Tom Dunson told a tale no taller than the facts of the real life of Richard King. And great job to Greg Hengler, and special thanks, as always, to Roger McGrath, author of Gunfighters, Highwaymen, and Vigilantes, and also a special shout-out to William Yancey, historian at Texas A&M University, Kingsville. Richard King's story, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. we continue with our American stories. Oftentimes when the topic of professional wrestling, think Hulk Hogan, comes up, it's almost guaranteed that someone will scoff, that it's just, well, all fake. Yet those who enjoy watching professional wrestling won't disagree. What they will say, or likely say, is that they enjoy the characters, the athleticism, and the stagecraft. They know it's scripted, and they love the storylines same way we all enjoy watching any scripted story on TV or in the movies. Here's Riley Evans to tell the real story about professional wrestling, a story he's titled, Pro Wrestlers Deserve to be Called Athletes. Over 200 days a year, no off-season, just running, jumping, bumping and crashing into concrete, steel, and wooden rings with only the thinnest layer of padding. Bones break, ligaments snap, and even the absence of serious injury leaves the constant ache of smaller ones. Short of something debilitating, there's no time off to recover, because if you stop, there's always somebody waiting to take your place. Whether it's a high school gymnasium or a 100,000-seat stadium, the show must go on for the entertainment of some of the world's most rabid fans. It's ironic that pro wrestling, the most grueling athletic endeavor on earth, is laughed at by most sports fans. Fans of most traditional sports often balk at professional wrestling being mentioned in the same breath as their favorites. Just read the comment section on any Fox Sports article on the WWE. You'll see the word fake so many times that after the 50th comment, you'll start mixing it up with the word the. What these trolling keyboard warriors are missing however, is that even if pro wrestling isn't quite your taste, it contains much of what we love about legitimate sports. Let's get one thing straight from the outset. Pro wrestling matches are not competitions. The results are predetermined. Furthermore, various major elements of each match are also determined ahead of time, the exact amount of which depends on the wrestlers in question. This has been the case since the start of the 20th century, when traveling carnival performers made the transition from shoot, aka legitimate competition, wrestling, to a more entertaining style of athletics that necessitated the fixing of matches. Modern wrestling is not fixed. It is not rigged, dishonest, or fake. 
It is exactly what Vince McMahon, hereby referred to as Vince, from now until the end of time, told the New Jersey State Athletic Commission in 1989. An activity in which participants struggle hand-to-hand primarily for the purpose of providing entertainment to spectators rather than conducting a bona fide athletic contest. Vince coined the term sports entertainment to differentiate his product, known then as the WWF, from other pro wrestling organizations at the time, but the term actually provides the perfect description for the industry as a whole. The problem is that so much time has elapsed between pro wrestling's divergence from shoot wrestling and the current era that people can't see the forest through the trees. They no longer see the sport that provides the foundation for the entertainment, despite the fact that pro wrestling is the most athletic that it's ever been. The top pro wrestlers in the world must possess a rare and diverse skill set. This is especially true for WWE superstars, as the WWE product is heavier on the entertainment side of the spectrum than anybody else. Wrestlers must be competent to great public speakers. They must have a keen understanding of storytelling to build compelling matches and programs. They also have to be skilled actors, both in the ring and in their promos. Professional wrestlers are great performers, but today more than ever, they are called to be better athletes because it always comes back to what they can do in the ring. Pro wrestling is an exercise of pageantry and spectacle. It's a muscled up soap opera where larger than life personalities collide for the entertainment of paying fans. The fact remains, however, that all the promos and storylines in the world fade into oblivion if those collisions, those in-ring encounters between athletes, don't live up to the expectations created by the entertainers. What would have happened if Hogan couldn't slam Andre at WrestleMania 3? What if Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels couldn't wrestle for an hour straight? Conversely, will we remember the Festival of Friendship in 10 years after Owens and Jericho underwhelmed at WrestleMania 33? I might be reaching on that one. The point is that the entire purpose behind the showmanship and the storylines is to sell the in-ring product. We care more about the matches if we care about the people in them. But as fans, we still demand high-quality wrestling to make the stories feel worthwhile. And the bar for what constitutes high-quality is higher than ever. While the Attitude Era pushed the envelope with edgy storylines and violence, today's talent pushes the envelope with acrobatics in the squared circle. It takes the red arrow today to get the reaction that a moonsault got over 20 years ago. I think it speaks volumes that while many pro wrestlers are failed football players recruited for their size and physiques, those performers are routinely outpaced by the likes of Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, or Sasha Banks, smaller performers with the balance and body control of elite gymnasts. Fans are demanding bigger moves, more action, and a higher degree of difficulty than we've ever seen. With more complex moves comes a greater need for the utmost precision because your opponent's life and livelihood is literally in your hands at every moment. The outcomes may be scripted, but the impact of bodies on canvas, steel, and concrete are very real. One errant knee is a broken nose. One bad pile driver is a broken neck. Speaking of injury, let's talk about playing through pain, because pro wrestlers have the market cornered on toughing it out. We praise athletes for playing through injury, especially around playoff time. Imagine that, but every day is playoff time. 
and there's no off season for surgery. You just keep going until you literally can't bear the pain anymore. And if you're not already a star, your spot might not be there when you come back. By the way, if you're a WWE superstar pre-pandemic, you were working around 250 shows a year all over the world. One of those superstars is a guy named Mark Calloway, who some of you might know better as The Undertaker. For my money, he's one of the two or three greatest professional wrestlers to ever breathe oxygen. For anyone's money, he's one of the most respected performers in the history of the industry, not only for his talent, but for his toughness. He famously wrestled for months with broken ribs by putting on a flak jacket and having medical staff duct tape it around his torso. The Undertaker is six foot eight and probably weighed around 320 pounds at a time. Do you think taking a 300 pound bump with broken ribs was fun? By the way, he's kind of needed a hip replacement since 1998. He retired in 2020. Is he tough enough to be an athlete? Part of the reason that people like Taker do ridiculous things with flak jackets is because they're competitors. They want to go out there every night and compete. Now, I can already hear a bunch of you yelling at your mobile devices. They're not competing. The matches are fixed. You even said that. I said the results of the matches are predetermined, and they are. Nobody said that there's no competition. Every night, these performers go out and do what all other truly great athletes do. They compete to be the absolute best at what they do better than anyone else. Every wrestler who still loves what they do wants to steal the show and have the best match every night. They compete for the adulation of fans. Many of them probably compete with the hopes of being recognized for what they are, high performance athletes, sacrificing their bodies every night that they walk down that aisle. Professional wrestling doesn't have to be your thing. And that's fine, because we're not talking about the product. We're talking about the players, the ones that spend all the hours in the gym, make all the sacrifices, and get none of the respect from so many people. I was incredibly proud to bring a taste of pro wrestling to Grandstand Central, as well as to the listeners of our American stories. I look forward to engaging with people who give wrestlers the credit that they deserve. And great job on the piece by Greg Hengler, and a special thanks to Riley Evans for telling the story, the real story, about professional wrestling here on Our American Story.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.